0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Wyoming discussing the Rollins Rodeo Murders.
1: Then, we'll talk about two separate Wyoming cold cases that led investigators to an elderly couple with a troubling past. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Cowboy State.
0: Wyoming, the untamed spirit of the West. Sparsely populated, lots of wide open spaces, and uninhibited miles where it would be very easy to vanish without a trace or make someone vanish. The western half is mostly covered in ranges of the Rocky Mountains and almost half is owned by the government, including two national parks, Yellowstone and Grand Teton. Wyoming is ranked seventh in the nation for missing persons. In September of this year, the Wyoming Department of Criminal Investigations added a new missing persons database on its website. This website has 71 missing persons cases dating back All the way to 1974, which is when my case first begins. The info on these cases is obtained from the National Crime Information Center, which gets their information from various law enforcement agencies, and it's basically just a summary of each person. Today, I'm going to talk about the disappearance and murders of four young women in Rawlings, Wyoming. This is also referred to as the Rawlins Rodeo Murders. Christy Gross from South Dakota visited one of her best friends, Carlene Brown, July Fourth weekend, nineteen seventy four. The two went to the fairgrounds to attend a Little Britches rodeo. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's like kids, okay. like you know, like mm-hmm. under eighteen, like doing all the all the rodeo things. The two were never seen alive again. Police found their car in a parking lot with no sign of the girls. Nine years later, in 1983, Christie's skeletal remains were found in Sinclair, which is about nine miles away. Cause of death was two blows to the head. The county sheriff announced the day after her remains were found that they had a suspect and a few leads in the case. 37 years later, there has been no arrest made. So he lied. Yeah. They had nothing. Carlene's remains have never been found. One month later, 15-year-old Deborah Myers goes missing. She was visiting a friend at an apartment building, then planned on walking to the movie theater. She never made it back home and was never seen again. It's unknown if she ever made it to the movie theater. You know, they didn't have all the CCTV stuff that we have now. And her body has never been found. 19 days after that, on August the 23rd, Jaylene Baker, who was 10 at the time, was at the fairgrounds watching a rodeo with her family when she wandered away from them and was never seen alive again. Her partially clothed body was found in a field eight months after she disappeared and she died from a blow to the head. In less than three months, Four girls disappeared from the same small town in Wyoming, and the people of Rawlins were definitely on edge. There were no suspects, no leads that panned out. Several people called in tips, but again, none of those panned out either, and some calls weren't even routed to the right officers to investigate or follow up, so they just fell through. Carlene and Christy were both initially classified as runaways and the police did not even take it serious I hate that. or look for them. It was, they were 19 and that happens so much really does, in these cases. In the well, in the girls. older, yeah. like now I feel like they're, it's different, but in the seventies, no, you were just a sorry, runaway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They're, they they're over 18. Yeah. So a few months after the Rollins' disappearances, two 17-year-old girls, Melissa Smith and Laura Annie, were found in Utah, in some mountains, just over the Wyoming border. A year after that, a 19-year-old girl named Jean Weaver was found 20 miles east of Grand Junction, Colorado.
1: Their bodies? were yes. alive.
0: Oh. Their bodies. Oh Could you imagine if that happened today? This is... Seven girls in two years. Yeah, That's a lot of young girls just in that small.
1: Yeah, I don't know how big the town is, but I feel like it has to be someone local.
0: If well, it's at a rodeo, right? You would you think. Tourists. So let's talk about the suspects. Okay. One of the suspects, for a brief moment, was actually Ted Bundy. Okay. He lived in Colorado and Utah yeah. around this time, and Rollins is right in between the two on the interstate.
1: He likely has at least drove through it, probably. Uh, 100% I mean, it's on the interstate. Yeah. It's just
0: right off. Mm-hmm. But there's no evidence to connect him to mm-hmm. any of the cases. So the most likely person who did it, the only other suspect, is a man named Royal Russell Long. He was a resident of Rawlins in 1974. He worked part-time in carnivals and was a long-haul trucker as well, giving him access to the highways and lots of hours to fill. He was known for offering jobs to young women unloading truckloads of stuffed animals at fairs. Okay. And other things besides stuffed animals. I've heard enough. I'm just <laughs> You're like, this is the guy. Sometimes there was nothing to unload at all, Mm. and he would just, yeah, you, you know. He did this with two girls from Oklahoma City. The girls and their boyfriends accepted a job. Long let the boys out at a truck stop, said he'd take the girls, and they have not been seen since then. Are you
1: serious? Yes. So they know this guy took those girls? Yes.
0: In 1984, two girls running away from boarding school and hitchhiking from South Dakota. They were picked up by a man in a truck with a white camper shell. And according to one of them, they forced him into the truck at gunpoint and drove them to a house where he raped both girls. The older girl was 15. She managed to escape and called the police. And when the police got there, both the man and the little girl that was left, who was 11 were nowhere to be found. This house belonged to Royal Russell Long, so a statewide manhunt begins. Two days in, there was no sightings.
1: Was this in Idaho at the time, or that's just where they wanted to go? So that's where they were headed. Was in Wyoming.
0: Yes, that's where they were headed. Dad gets there from South Dakota and is like begging for the girl's release. Psychics offer their services. One week later. Royal Russell was arrested in New Mexico, but the little girl was not with him. Some of his friends come forward and say that he told them he put her on a bus or gave her to another truck driver that was headed to Texas. One month later, dad was so desperate to get his 11-year-old daughter back that he is like, just drop all the charges against him if he will just bring her home. Yeah. And I mean I get that as a parent like like fuck the charges. Like I don't even care. It's like at that just point just tell me, give me where she's daughter. at. Yeah. yeah. I mean cuz I mean it's yeah, bad I mean, enough that you already know he did these things to her. Yeah. But now to find out that he could have possibly given her to another truck That's driver disgusting. makes me nauseated. But all leads are completely fruitless. The little girl has never been found. No body, no skeleton, nothing. Makes me
1: think maybe sex trafficking was involved or... I don't know. So, in January of
0: 1985, trial starts and he is found guilty of rape for both girls and sentenced to two life terms. Hmm. One year later, he is transported to Oklahoma to go on trial for... The disappearance of Charlotte Kinsey and Cindy Paulette, who were the two girls that he let their boyfriends off at the truck stop Mm -hmm. and took the girls and they were never seen again. So he was charged with murdering both girls, but due to lack of evidence, the charges were dropped and he got completely off with.
1: He's definitely sketchy and a terrible person, but... I feel like that would have been a weak trial Mm -hmm. if there's nothing, no evidence that they're even dead.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. Kidnapping. Sure. Yeah.
1: They know that much, but.
0: Right. But there's no body. There's no. Gosh, it makes me wonder who,
1: I don't know. I'm sure they didn't have any way to track where they were or anything in that time. Well, you know, it's it's the early 80s, so.
0: Gosh. I don't
1: even know what they do now if they know. Where their roots are, Mm -hmm. Ernie? I mean, I know
0: they do, but I mean, to know for sure, did they? Right. So there were no charges, again, to bring anything. Um They did compare hair found in a rental car of his from one of the girl's hairbrushes. But Mm -hmm. all they could scientifically say at the time was they were similar because there was no DNA like there is today. Royal died in 1993 in the state penitentiary in Wyoming, which is ironically located in Rawlins. So he refused to admit any to anything. Okay, to anything. As of today, there are no suspects. There have been no arrests, and no more bodies have been found. A DNA tech from the University of North Texas began trying in 2012 to use DNA to track down the missing girls and their killer along with forensic anthropologists, odontologists, and fingerprint experts. But without bodies, there is very little to go on. So they don't have a whole lot to go on. And Carlene, the, the girl from the very beginning that was with her, they were 19 and disappeared from the rodeo. She was adopted. So even her family who she's, you know, adopt like they don't have the same DNA and they don't know. Oh, so th- and it was yeah. the seven, well, hell, it was the 60s when she was adopted. So yes. they don't have records of, mm-hmm. you know, birth parents or any of that stuff. So it's been nearly 44 years and there are still no answers. Most of the family members have passed away and eyewitnesses. But if you happen to have any information about any of the girls or potential suspects, please call the Rollins Police Department at 307-324-4503 or the Carbon County Sheriff's Office 307-324-2776 and tell them. Anything, anything, anything know. that you think may not even be significant, mm-hmm. and like it was 1974. So again, probably a lot of these people were.
1: I don't want to think the worst, but when I think of young girls, I think of sex trafficking. Oh, I yeah. hope that's not what happened right. because that's well, we know nothing is going to be good at this no, point. That's at the this worst point, part. Yeah.
0: Ugh,
1: it, it's all bad. It's creepy and horrible, and all the. It's just terrible to know. There's so many bodies buried out there. We could be hiking tomorrow and we'll in Arkansas at the bodies somewhere. They
0: found when they were <sighs> looking for fuckface. What's his name? Brian Laundry. Yeah, and they found bodies. Yeah, that needs to be just a job. Roam around and I don't know. Try to find bodies. Surely there's equipment to help a metal detector, but for bones.
1: Well, I think somebody's gonna ride
0: in and be like, yeah, morons. There are those things. <laughs> well, there are things to find
1: objects or mm-hmm. you can tell if there's something large under it or not I know that at like least like a mammoth
0: tooth or a dinosaur or, head like a body or a body
1: or like a just something some kind of big mass gotcha. not necessarily a body
0: but something unusual that's mm-hmm. out of place so according to namis the national missing and unidentified person system there are more than 600,000 people that go missing every year in the united states mm. Estimated 4,400 unidentified bodies that have been recovered. 60% of those are male. 40% are female. The average age is 34. Oh, my goodness. And as of January, there are 106 missing children who are younger than one years old. Oh, God. That is insane. 106 kids under a year old. Those are infants. Those are babies.
1: It's terrifying.
0: There is, to me, probably nothing more horrific than to have one of your children go missing.
1: Well, it's like I hear stuff like this, and I think, Ugh, do I want kids? That seems like that's terrifying. It is How a do- lot of
0: worry you- every oh, you day. Do. Just worry. Oh, well, you worry about everything. You worry about missing. You know, your kids just- going missing, and you worry about. Because you also hear stories of people breaking in their window and taking them in the middle of the night. It's just like... It's, it's everything. It's, and yeah. you worry
1: about everyone around mm-hmm. you. Are they a creep? Mm-hmm. Because some they're of these things... They're school teachers.
0: They're coaches. They're bus drivers. And it's
1: people sometimes you think are, are normal. Your quote uncle.
0: Unquote. Yeah. In, people you love. People you think you're uh-huh. safe. Oh, gosh. It's all too much. It's a nope. lot. It's a lot. Don't, don't give up on kids, <laughs> I see, because there's... Parents are dealing with there's, the there's, a lot. There's the, the the pros outweigh the no, cons, I know, but hundred percent. Oh, there's a but it is, and is. and you will mm-hmm. worry for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how, and it's that fine line. You can't be too protective. You can't be a helicopter good. parent. Yeah, that's not good for them either. Ugh, that's a tough job.
0: It's a tough job. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to um, give you some random? Facts about Wyoming before we segue into your terrible case? I've
1: never been there before.
0: I have not either, I don't think. I want to go. Did you know it was the first state to have a public library? I did not. I thought you would enjoy that fact. I do. Also- Interesting. Close Encounters of the Third Time was filmed there. I, I did, thought you okay. would enjoy that, too. Do, <laughs> do you do like an alien. Books.
1: I love love it. Keep going.
0: And there are lots of Bigfoot sightings there in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that. Why did I think it was more like in Washington or Oregon? Like well, the Pacific Washington, Northwest.
1: Washington has a ton. It really does. Of the
0: Bigfoot sightings. Big, but
1: to be honest, almost every state has. Arkansas? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Where? Well, See, I mean, I haven't seen. But people claim they have. Especially, yeah. For, I promise.
0: That's a
1: suspect. And the folk monster—that's our—that's our, that's our um, Bigfoot. That's our Bigfoot, but it's the same thing—a big, tall, hairy guy. I dated him.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we've we've solved the case. It has the lowest crime rate, but the highest rate for domestic violence in huh. Wyoming. Also, it was the first state where women could vote. Very cool. Which is surprising. Wyoming? I didn't know that. I would have thought
1: a northeastern
0: state. I would have. I would have thought the same. Hmm. Okay. Glass Hmm. fact: first state to have a woman governor. Very cool. Very cool. They've got the aliens there. They've got some. They're voting in women.
1: Sold. I'm kind of liking this.
0: Yeah. There's Bigfoot. There's (laughs) library. You can vote. We can vote there, Lacey.
1: Bigfoot. Bigfoot. No sleep. Uh, well, that's cool. I'll, okay. I'm interested. I'll go eventually.
0: I, I probably will not. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing Yellowstone. there. Yellowstone. I don't give a shit about no. climbing a mountain. No, it's where the geysers are. Also, don't care about oh water squirting gosh. out of the
1: ground. All right. So the case I'm going to talk about today has several twists and turns, and you have several hiccups. I'm real sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So, I'm going to begin by telling you about Alice Prunty. In 1976, she was 37 years old with three children, and she had been married three times. She decided, I'm going to go get a fresh start in Fremont County, Wyoming. So, that's where she goes. And wouldn't you know it, she found a man very quickly. In fact, the man was her neighbor.
0: Why does that shit never <laughs> happen to me?
1: You don't want this to happen to you.
0: I mean, I Sorry. Spoiler alert. You don't want this. I don't, but. Yeah, you it's your neighbor. You always watch these Lifetime movies, mm-hmm. and there's like a neighbor. This is like a Lifetime movie, not not a Hallmark movie. I have amazing neighbors, by the way. I really do. Mm-hmm. I love them all. They're all married couples <laughs> <laughs> well, with yeah, children. You live in a I live very family-friendly. I live in the suburbs. Yeah.
1: So the man was named Gerald Uden. Gerald was a maintenance worker at a local steel mine. He was 32 and had been divorced three times as well. And the two really hit it off.
0: What could go wrong?
1: What could go wrong? So, five months after meeting, they got married.
0: Dang, she moves fast.
1: Well, she has three kids. She's 37. You know, I don't know. why. I don't know why I'm making excuses for her. I don't Sorry, either. no. They bought a farm in Wyoming and started a new life together. They had chickens, pigs, all the space they needed for all the animals they wanted. Did he have children, too? Yes. Erica, Alice's youngest daughter, described her childhood in the rural farming town as idyllic, saying that her parents were very happily married and, quote, always laughing. Aww. She considered Gerald a father figure. Sure. So, in the summer of 1980, they got some news. Speaking of children, Gerald's ex-wife, Virginia, and their two sons planned to move to the same area in Wyoming. The boys, Richard, who was 11, and Reagan, who was 10. So, they were Virginias from a previous marriage, but while she was still married to Gerald, their bio dad was not in the picture at all, so Gerald adopted them. So, he was their dad. Correct. Not
0: their birth father, but he was their dad. Correct.
1: So... Virginia did file for divorce six weeks after the adoption went through. Six weeks? Mm-hmm. He still saw the boys, mm-hmm. and they moved closer, so I guess that meant he'd be seeing a lot more of them. But a couple of months after they move on September 13th of 1980, Virginia was supposed to meet Gerald with the boys so the boys could go hunting with him. Virginia's mom named Claire Martin knew about this but hadn't heard from her daughter in a while. So she called Gerald to check in on them, and he said Virginia never showed up. The boys weren't there, and no one was there. So of course, Claire's worried, and so she and Gerald drive around looking for them. They couldn't find any trace. So 24 hours passed, and Claire knew Virginia was in trouble. She was really close to her daughter, and she knew she wouldn't just run off with the kids and not say anything. And at the time, Virginia was even driving Claire's vehicle, a Ford station wagon, so... They authorities put a bolo out for the vehicle. Three weeks passed. October fourth, a passerby told the sheriff's office that he saw a half-hidden station wagon near a canyon in the mountains. Mm-mm. It was Claire's, the one Virginia was driving. Upon investigation, police found human blood in the back. Oh no! It was type A, which matched Virginia, and also me.
0: You're type A. I am type A. I'm O oh, positive. Continue. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. <laughs> So the blood was type A, matched Virginia, and there were also 22 caliber shells in the car. Volunteers combed the mountains near where the car was found, and nothing. No evidence, no bodies, no nothing. And so far, we just have Virginia's blood. Well, what we think is, because it's type A. So Claire was convinced that Gerald had killed Virginia and the boys. She said after the divorce, there was a lot of tension. Alice was no fan of Virginia either. She would call her brainless and told her she tricked Gerald into marrying her so she could eventually get child support out of him. Oh, Lord. So Alice was not happy that Gerald had to pay child support,
0: you know, in general. But that makes no sense to me. Why would you want a man if you have children who just and then get pissed off that he's taking care of his kids?
1: I agree. I think it's jealousy with just him having to deal with Virginia at uh-huh. all through the boys. Just, oh, yeah. It's all jealousy. It's all it is. Is what I think. Because I, I know, don't you want your spouse to pay child support for and their children? take
0: care of their children? Yeah. Especially if they're going to be around your children? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So the police talked to Alice and Gerald individually. Alice was really emotional and in tears. Gerald was just pissed off. He was mad that Claire suggested that he had something to do with it. One of the officers said the artery in his neck was pulsating as they were talking to him. He was so mad. Jeez. So they got kind of got the inkling he was covering something up, but they couldn't get anything out of him. And Gerald even told the police, even if there was a crime, they couldn't prove it because there were no bodies. Investigators couldn't find any evidence to tie Gerald or Alice to the disappearances. Years passed with no new leads. Claire was in the meantime working hard to find answers. In 1982, Gerald and Alice moved to Chadwick, Missouri. Some people thought it was to get away from Wyoming, so they were less suspicious. In 1994, 14 years after the disappearance, a surprising informant came forward. This informant was Alice's oldest son, named Todd Scott. He told police that his mother had told him, That she had once been involved in a murder. Here's the twist. It's not the murder of Virginia or the sons. She murdered somebody else? That's what Todd said. Todd said that he knew that his mother had killed her third husband named Ronald Holtz. She had told him herself. Ron was a Vietnam War vet and Alice was a nurse. That's how they met. Well, she was a nurse in the psychiatric hospital and he was a patient.
0: That's more my style. Those are the guys I meet.
1: <laughs> So she was his psych nurse, and to be fair, that's a broad range. I don't know what he right. had. People said he was abusive, had a really bad temper. I'm not sure. I don't I have no idea why he was in the psych hospital. But still don't date your patients. They met and married in 1974, and it was a very tumultuous marriage. Ron was prone to anger, and he abused Alice. So one day she told everyone that she left him, and people just kind of thought that was that. Ron never contested the divorce and was also never seen or heard from again. But no one was suspicious because that just went along with who he was. Right. He wasn't super close with his family. He didn't keep in close contact. He kind of went where he pleased. So no one was surprised that he left without a trace. That was the story until Alice decided to tell her son what really happened. Todd was around the age of 14, and Alice had been drinking. She was very emotional, and that's when she told him about the abuse. She said she was afraid of Ron, so one night while he was sleeping, she grabbed her twenty two and shot him in the back of the head. She took his body out of the trailer, put him in a barrel, and threw him down an abandoned gold mine. Wait,
0: what? How did she do all that by herself? I don't know. She would have literally had to roll that barrel. She could have had the barrel in
1: the truck and then the body separately and then done it, you know. He's a grown man. So I would think that too, but I've seen shows where they've tried to debunk this kind of thing before Uh and get a a Mm -hmm. smaller woman to do this, and it is possible.
0: To do stuff like this. Okay, you know what? I just had a complete brainstorm. When we get done recording, we're going to take a video of oh, is that me. Oh, it's not possible for me. Trying to move Yancey. I
1: I did see pictures of this guy, and he doesn't look that big or anything. Okay, we're going to get video of me trying to move Sam. <laughs> I don't know how it was done, but. I mean, I'm just speculating or, you know, spitballing here. Rolled up in a blanket pool. Or, um, I don't know. I've seen it on crime shows, though, where they on that.
0: I mean, I believe you. (laughs) I'm just like. (laughs) I know. I I, know. There's no, there's, I'm just thinking like if I shot someone. I could not do it. I am not physically strong at
1: all. You have to think, too, they're working on a farm. That's true. There's a lot. She's like country strong. She's, yeah, she's working Mm -hmm. on a farm with animals. I feel like, I don't know. I've never worked on a farm either, but. There's a certain,
0: Just stop. Just I don't <laughs> know. Just stop.
1: Continue with the story. Anyway, so that's what she said. She's claiming right. she did she's it She's claiming all. she did yeah. it. All. Yeah, While she's, can you imagine as a fourteen-year-old kid, your mom is drunk and crying and saying, "I murdered I my third husband." I don't as even a 41-year-old know. Forty-one-year-old
0: adult. Well, I don't know what
1: I would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, I wouldn't believe. First of all, I'd be like, mm, she might have just even drunk. he yeah. might have even had doubts because it wasn't until he was older that he came forward. Police looked into the disappearance of Ron and discovered that he had no paper trail since the day Alice said she left him. He had been in and out of hospitals for years, but suddenly had no more medical records. He had a strong paper trail up to his, you know, his whole life until that point. So now police are thinking, okay, if this is true and she murdered a husband, she may have something to do with Virginia Virginia and the boys. It tracks. Yeah. So then they start focusing on finding the remains of Ron on a ranch in Cheyenne, Wyoming. This is where Alice said she dumped the body. Police found this mine shaft. I've seen pictures of it, but folks in the area knew about this shaft. They said when an animal on their ranch would die and they needed to dispose of the body, they would throw it down the shaft. So there were tons and tons of animal bones in there, and carcasses. This mine was 90 feet deep and a couple of dozen feet wide. It's big. The shaft was on unstable ground. It was really rocky. And at this time, they didn't really have the resources to search it safely. Mm -hmm. So this case goes cold. 11 years pass. And in 2005, both cases get renewed interest when a Wyoming Department of Criminal Investigation Special Agent started digging through cold cases. I feel like this is, it always, always starts have, yeah. to spray fresh eyes on mm-hmm. old cases. So a cold case team was formed, and they started to hone in on Alice Uden. First, they decide they're going to see if Alice is willing to talk to them. On January 18, 2005, the cold case teams pay a sur- surprise visit to Alice and Gerald in Chadwick, Missouri. At this point, Gerald's a trucker, and he was gone working. He might have been involved in your case. Could have been. (laughs) It's the time. Honestly. So Alice invited the investigators inside and agreed to talk to them. They were playing coy, and they asked if she would tell them about her previous relationships. I don't know how they got to this topic, but they did. She mentioned her first two husbands and skipped right over Ron when she was telling Mm -hmm. them. They cut the crap and say, tell us about your third husband, Ron. Mm Mm-hmm. And she fell out of her chair as though she was fainting. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the second case I've covered where someone <gasps> faints. I can't. I, uh-uh. When she collected herself, they directly asked her if she told her son that she shot a man named Ron. She's like, oh, no, I just made that up. It's just something you tell your kids. Still, why would you tell your 14-year-old son that you murdered your third husband, who was at one point their stepdad? That's kind of... Mm -mm. That's not funny. So then she told the investigators Ron was abusive, and she broke things off with him, filed for divorce, and moved on. She didn't know where he was. She didn't, you know, care. They couldn't get much out of Alice, so they interviewed her youngest daughter named Erica Hayes. They asked her about her former stepfather, and she said that her mom called her and said, Recently, you're going to hear from people I killed someone. Your brother told on me. And at this point, Erica says to her mom, Well, did you? Like, that's Mm -hmm. a weird call to get from Mm -hmm. your mom. And she said, Yes, I did, but I was protecting you. So Erica at this moment says, Yeah, she called me and told me. While Erica was talking to them, they asked if she happened to have any information on Gerald's ex Virginia and her two sons. She said she doesn't, she didn't have any information, but she thought Gerald was involved but she didn't think her mom was involved. Erica said that one time Gerald made a strange statement in passing. He said, you got to have some pigs to get rid of a body. Stop. Because pigs eat everything. Yes. At the time, she was younger. She brushed this off kind of like that's an off color statement to make, but okay, that's just some weird thing he said. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So the investigators decide to head back to the Udens old farm in Wyoming where they had animals. They excavated the hog pen looking for human remains, but they didn't find anything. In the meantime, Claire Martin passed away at the age of 92. Dang. So, yeah, she wasn't able to get any closure of any kind in her lifetime. So Claire's death helps renew interest in the case again and they get a break. A team is finally able to go to the abandoned mineshaft and search. After a day and a half of searching, digging through animal bones and carcasses, they find a barrel, and inside the barrel is a human skeleton. There is a small bullet hole in the back of the skull, so this matches the story. Mm-hmm. They're able to track down Ron's biological daughter from his first marriage in Alaska. They get DNA from her, compare it to the mm-hmm. skeletal remains, it's a match. So it's Ron. Mm-hmm. He, she, so did, she it. did it. she did it. So, this is enough for police to arrest her. She was 74 years old at this time. Oh, my gosh. And so, at first, she denies it all. Ivan was watching an interview of her, and she said – she tries to deny even knowing who Ronald Holtz was. Yeah. Eventually, in the interview, she just says, okay, I did it. I was protecting my daughter, Erica, because Ron was threatening to kill her. She was a little kid at the time. He said he was going to kill her because who knows – she claimed that she knew nothing about what happened to Virginia and the boys. She also said that Gerald had nothing to do with it, and he, or at least he had never mentioned anything about them to her. But still, she was charged with one count of first-degree murder for killing Ron Holtz. The police called Gerald to tell them that Alice had been arrested for, quote, the things that happened in Wyoming. They were leaving it vague on purpose.
0: Trickery.
1: Yeah. So obviously she hadn't called him. So once he got to the station, Gerald said, I don't know why you arrested Alice because you arrested the wrong person.
0: Yeah. Dummy.
1: He assumed that they had arrested Alice over Virginia and the boys. And Gerald then told investigators that he felt like Virginia was going after him to get child support. Alice was upset that she that he had to pay it. Since he adopted them just right before the, the divorce, he said he couldn't juggle two women. So he decided to solve the problem. Those are his words. He was solving a problem. And he said it, I listened to the interview, non-emotional matter of fact, like this was a problem. I solved it. He said that on the day he was supposed to go hunting with the boys, he told Virginia to drive her vehicle a little further down the road. That way other people couldn't see it, but she didn't know that at the time. They stop, get out, and he shoots Virginia in the back of the head.
0: Oh my god, in front of those kids. I'm not
1: going into any details on on this part, but he shot both of the boys.
0: Oh my god, what happened? Just tell me. Well, it's
1: just, it's sad because he shoots one of the boys and the other boy sees and starts trying to run away. And panicking and shoots him as he's... Trying to get away. Yeah, because he killed Virginia first. So it's, they know what's coming. It's, that's, it's horrible. So he put (sighs) all of their bodies in steel drums, took them out on a boat over Fremont Lake and dumped the steel drums.
0: Oh my God. I hate this story so much.
1: Then he attempted to hide Virginia's station wagon. He told police that he didn't get any pleasure out of killing them, but it was going to put an end to the child support. By the way, it was 150 bucks a month.
0: A month, yeah, girl.
1: I know. Over $150 a month. Give me a break. He was matter-of-fact about it. He still swore that Alice knew nothing about it. He was arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. He was 71 at the time, and he pleaded guilty. The judge accepted the plea deal, and he was sentenced to three life sentences. Alice decided to go to trial. Before court proceedings began, police got another tip. Alice's second husband named Don Prunty died at age 45 from a lot of health issues stemming from his alcoholism. They did not perform an autopsy, but there's belief that Alice may have had something to do with his death. He died in 1973. Alice once said that she was giving Don something that would stop his drinking. The symptoms noted in the medical records matched the symptoms of what someone who was poisoned specifically by antifreeze would experience. They exhumed his remains, but because of the embalming, they could not get a tox report. So it's still unclear if he was poisoned or not. We'll never know, unfortunately. On May 8, 2014, it took the jury 13 hours to reach a verdict. Alice was convicted of second-degree murder, They believe she shot him, but they didn't think it was premeditated. They couldn't prove it. Mm -mm. It didn't help matters that Alice's oldest son, Todd, the one who tipped police off in the first place, testified against his mother. One article I read said this, quote, At one point during his testimony, Todd Scott turned to his frail mother, seated in a wheelchair, and said, I hate you. I wish I knew more about Todd's version of their childhood. Oh, yeah. He's the oldest, but... So Erica, she's the youngest. She had a good relationship with Alice and Gerald, and I watched her in the documentary and stuff, and they seemed close. Mm -hmm. So to be fair, she wasn't carrying around the burden all those years of her mom saying, I murdered some dude. Deal with that your whole life. Laramie County District Court Judge Stephen Sharp said he considered possible mitigating factors, including Uden's lack of prior criminal history. He said this was very much a cold, calculated murder. The jury heard all of the evidence that was before the court, and the jury rejected the defense that it was self-defense.
0: We know it wasn't self-defense. Yeah.
1: If you're sleeping, no. She was sentenced to life in prison, and five years later, she died at the age of 80. According to reports, she succumbed to chronic health issues. 2 days after alice died 2 days gerald used this as an opportunity to recant his statement and try to pin it all on alice in september 2019 the court rejected his attempt to withdraw his guilty plea so yeah it's like she dies and he's like oh um she did it all i did nothing she was guilty for all of this by the right. way and they're like I'm sorry dude it's sure, too late yeah. yeah so today gerald is housed at the wyoming Medium Correctional Institution in Torrington. And for those interested, I watched an episode of Killer Couples on Oxygen, Season 5, Episode 10. There's also a book about these crimes called Alice and Gerald, A Homicidal Love Story, written by Ron Francell. I also read articles by People, Cinemaholic, and Wyomingnews.com. Banana
0: Shot and killed her and those two kids.
1: And they had grandchildren. Can you imagine... It wasn't like there was a big estranged family. They knew their grandchildren. They were around their grandchildren. You've
0: got to be a cold-hearted mofo.
1: It's one thing. You're a kid. You're like, my grandpa killed someone. Three people, including two kids. And then you find out, my grandma, also unrelated, she killed someone? So two murderers. And it's never been clear to me if she ever was honest in the beginning to gerald about like hey i killed someone in my past
0: you know she probably wasn't
1: but it we also don't know if she ever really actually knew about virginia and the boys it was just too wild i two probably psychopaths they haven't been diagnosed but find each other find each other fall in love and yeah Mm Mm-hmm. But I love how the article, you know, sarcastically was like, he looked at his frail mom in a wheelchair and said, I hate you. It's like, um, she murdered somebody? Yeah. Don't make it. I hate that. It's like, I don't care if they're old and frail when they're in the courtroom. If they've done heinous crimes, they've done heinous crimes. Mm Kind of like the Golden State Killer where... He was acting like he could barely move and he had just been out riding a motorcycle exactly. around town and he was using the elderly. No, uh-huh. nope. Sorry. It, it, it doesn't matter. So goodness. We have some news on a lighter note. We have a new patron, Angelina from California. She's our first
0: one from the West Coast. I, oh, you're right. Yeah, she is. Thank you, Angelina. Thank a, you very much. It's a really pretty name. It is very I pretty. like that.
1: Angelina,
0: thank you. Where are we next week? I don't know. Where are we? West Virginia. Oh West Virginia. You mm-hmm. know, I watched a show about that state once. Once? On Showtime. It was Wait, like what? a docudrama. The wild white the wonderful, wonderful wild whites, whites oh. from West Virginia. Yes. Did you see it?
1: I've watched parts of it. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh
0: my. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I did watch it all.
1: Full disclosure, I've already picked my case, and it's... I already have mine, too. Well, I, I feel bad because I've been there. It's a beautiful state. I love West Virginia. I don't want to give states a bad... I mean, but we're talking about murders here. It's yeah, not, We're not, not making me, any state no, look good. No. But it was also too wild to not talk about next week. And then we just have one left. We do.
0: We're down to two states
1: and if people could send requests for white or not wyoming if people could send requests for rhode island that would really help a girl out i'm struggling i haven't even looked i've been looking but none of them are a lot of them are about children uh which i don't like a lot of them don't have that much information or they're overdone there's not a whole i want something i don't know Enough to talk about that.
0: Give Lacey a helping hand. Um, someone
1: messaged us about a Vermont case, which I'm like, Perfect. yes,
0: because we struggled with Vermont. Lacey gets all our emails and she's putting all these in her little I do. pocket I have not a, telling me. She's no, like, I, I have already them. have that.
1: <laughs> I have them all in a word doc. I can send it to you. I'm, I don't know what they're sending, to be fair. I haven't researched them. I'm just noting them. I can pass them along to you, but... If someone sends me something about Rhode Island, I'm not telling. Just kidding. No, she's not. She's a secret keeper. So, I guess we'll get scooting. I have a thousand Christmas things to do. It looks like Christmas threw up downstairs. All the Christmas.
0: Ashley walks in and just Mm -mm. like, nope. Nope. It's not even Thanksgiving.
1: Do I decorate in deviled eggs and turkeys?
0: I I would personally love a deviled egg (laughs) decoration.
1: I would love to just... The day after Thanksgiving, get all my stuff and, and be great, but it takes me weeks to put stuff together and to, so it's hard. It's, I, or, it's a mess down there. It,
0: I can't do that one day. I mean, not that you care, but this is what I do at my house is fall, September, I'll decorate for fall. October, I'll sprinkle in my Halloween stuff <laughs> with the already put out yeah. fall stuff. November, I take the Halloween stuff out. I still have my fall stuff. That's my mm-hmm. November stuff. But. I did that for a week. Thursday night. Thanksgiving night. All bets are off. Everything comes down. And it looks like Santa's workshop in my house. I'm just usually too busy. busy. Weekend. Yeah. You're right. You do like go do all your family stuff. Because
1: I feel like thanks. I'm gone Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm gone Black Friday. That weekend I'm busy with other sure. stuff. So I don't want to. I don't just want a couple of weeks of Christmas stuff and then taking it down. Gotcha. Because I'm also, I don't like Christmas stuff stuff being up that late either. Right.
0: You do you, boo. This is your house. I'll just judge you (sighs) silently with my eyeballs. Oh, no, (laughs) you won't. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. All right. Bye. Bye.